Blog Talk Radio. Nurture the strength and power that are the, our own birthright. 
Uh, it's just interesting to note that Brother uh, uh, Jesse Jackson, Reverend Jesse Jackson, endorses her book. He has great things to say about her, um, as well as Brother Naeem Akbar, Brother uh, Psychologist Dr. Wayne Nobles, and just a host of leaders in our community who recognize her as being uh, a person who's qualified to speak uh, and overall about the conditions of our family, about our community, and indeed in this case about our condition of us as black men and her uh, take in terms of remedies and methodologies in which we could use to uh, eradicate those things that are negative in our life. Uh, I just wanted to read a quote by uh, Brother Haki Mahabuti, um, a very noted uh, and world-renowned author in his own right. And he states that, when do we say no to misguided teenage boys and young men who disrespect their elders and whose identity are multiple earrings, beepers, and cell phones, starter jackets, pants low across the cracks of their behind, and their initials carved out on the backs of their necks, untied uh, sports shoes, four-letter words, and faces that never smile in public. When do we say no? Well, indeed, this evening I'm saying no, and I hope that through prayer and meditation that we are able to send this energy of healing and, and love to our brothers who are misguided, as well as our sisters. I, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that my wife is here in the studio with me. Hi, how you doing, hon? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I love this book that you're <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it from tonight. Yes. yes, very, very, uh, uh, you know, book is very intense, uh, full of uh, anecdotes and full of, you know, just information that can be utilized readily. So dealing with this evening's uh, topic of the principles of spiritual manhood, according to Ayana, and she states that in the dictionary, principle is a general or fundamental rule of truth or truth on which others are based. And in her years of studying science, uh, the spiritual sciences, she states that she discovered that spirit is the only principle of truth from, from which everything else flows. So she goes on to state that as a principle, spiritual provides guidance. Spirit provides guidance in structure and form and boundaries. And in this sense, boundaries are not synonymous with limitations or restrictions. Rather, spiritual boundaries are the perimeters within which we act. One dictionary definition of God is the creator and the ruler of the universe, regarded as almighty. And according to the Bible, God is spirit. Putting these definitions together, we can say that God is spirit, the creator, the ruler of the universe. And in essence, she states that she has discovered that spirit is that God is the principal truth that created and rules the universe. As the creator and the ruler, God knows he knows no uh, he or she knows no failure, fault, illness, lack, limitations, fear, doubt, greed, or hate. And as a result, when you work through the principle of God, 
you will eliminate the presence of these restrictions from your life. Many attributes and demonstrations of God surround you every day, and although you may not always recognize them, the sun is God, the wind is God, fire and water are representations of God, life and death represent God, trees, grass, flowers, birds, fish, snakes, dogs, groundhogs, all are expressions of God because they serve a purpose in the divine order of life. Diversity is God. Mercy is God. Justice is God. Truth is God. Love is God. And these elements and attributes surround you in the beauty and mystery that we call nature. I know that my wife and I, when we go to the park to run every Sunday mornings, and I do it sometimes during the weekend, as I just started last week training for my 15th marathon, I had friends of mine who 30 years ago would ask me, when I first started training and running in the park, why do you run long distances? What do you get out of that? Isn't it tiring? And I said, well, when I'm in the park running, I don't even think about the distance. I am so absorbed in nature, and the time goes by. And, and I didn't realize back then, as I began to realize later on, that I was really experiencing God's presence. I was experiencing the essence of the divine order of nature, which is God's expression. So that made me that whole, as it were, and connected. And it was a source of meditation. And that was along with the endorphins coming out of my brain and giving me a sense of relaxation, and whatever those other chemicals are that give you the sense of well-being and heal your body, this is something that one should consider whenever you uh, shy away from exercising or whatever level that you may do. Uh, you know, Yama goes on to state that please be clear that even with God surrounding and supporting you, this does not mean that you will not encounter difficulties in life. You will have good days and you will have bad days. Recognizing and understanding and embracing spirituality does not mean that your life will miraculously become a sanctuary of goodness and glory. To the contrary, your life will probably become very chaotic. A chaotic. Difficulty is the nature of true evolution. It is a reminder that with spirit as the guiding principle of your life, you must know that you cannot fail. Failure is another tool of the ego. And the ego will use every opportunity to point out that you are not right and not good enough. And when you buy into this type of internal conflict, you will ultimately fail in your attempts to transform your life. Remember, thoughts cause effects, not God. God is the principle. It is up to you to activate the principle in your consciousness. And by watching nature and understanding your own nature, you will find that the principles become clear. Now, she goes on to state that uh, in terms of this dealing with, with uh, spirit, that spirit is something that we've been conditioned to look at as separate from, from us in terms of who we are. And we will find out that such is not the case. Ayana goes on to state that spirit is the essence of life. The word life is an acronym for learning inspired for evolution. Again, I'll repeat that. The word life is an acronym for learning. L, I, inspired, F, four, E, 
evolution. The evolution of life is the process of preparation, unfoldment, refinement, and improvement for a greater, nobler purpose. So the physical life is the process by which you are spiritually purified. For purification to take place, you must cleanse the negative and limiting thoughts and emotions in embracing, uh, and which were embraced actually during your human experience. More important, you must be healed of your perceived separation from God. As long as you breathe, you're connected to spirit. It is your connection to spirit that in, in, in imbues you with power. The challenges often called problems that you face in life teach you lessons. They are designed to bring your physical mind, i.e. parent consciousness, into alignment with your spiritual mind, which is your superconsciousness. And once the alignment occurs, you develop the ability to transcend the selfish demands of ego and live according to the mandates of natural law and spiritual principle. This then results in a sense of personal empowerment and freedom that cannot be determined or deterred by other human beings. Many religions teach about spirit, but few teach about the soul and that make clear the difference. Spirit is the divine energy of God existing in everything that has life. In human beings, it is called the I am consciousness, which returns to a state of purity in, at the end of the physical life experience. And what facilitates spirit's ability to fulfill its mission in the world through human beings is the soul. And soul is born of spirit as an individualized energy that is covered with flesh. A living soul is called a human being. And when a soul drops the flesh form, what we know as dying, it returns to the body essence of spirit. Although spirit and soul are often used interchangeably, there is only one spirit, but there are many souls. Now the soul is where the energy of spirit fuses with the impressions of the human mind, and the fusion creates what we call the personality. In Yoruba culture, the soul is called Ori, pronounced Ore, or the spirit of the head. It represents the unity of the spirit, soul, and the physical being. And your Ori takes on the characteristics of your gender and influences your inherent nature as either male or female. Your Ori, or soul, is part of you that allows your individual mission and the purpose of your life to unfold. And through your experiences in the world and your perceptions of those experiences, your Ori develops into consciousness. Because Ori is deeply influenced by the subconscious mind, the part of your nature that gives rise to, rise to emotion, it is easily blocked from this influence of the spirit. The purpose of the physical life is to bring the soul and spirit into alignment, and this is called the spiritual mission. And when these two energies, the subconscious and the superconscious minds, are in alignment, you're in contact with the divine self. You recognize and are able to fulfill your life's purpose. You receive guidance and support from within rather than from without or outside of yourself. You have access to divine knowledge, power, and in substance. And when spirit is aligned with your soul and you are attuned to it, you are continuously provided with opportunities to learn greater lessons 
and realize greater spiritual fulfillment. This alignment also facilitates the development of your character, the physical attribute upon which you must rely in life. And spiritual alignment is a great challenge for many because it requires belief in what you cannot see. And in a world that dangles tangible elements of power in your face, spiritual alignment requires that you draw your power from the invisible source. Now, Ayana goes on to state that the woman's receptive nature makes alignment a much easier task for many of us, she states, as being a woman. And then our sister also states that we can feel spirit move before we see it as a woman. For most, this is evidence enough. For men, however, it is a greater challenge to give up control of what cannot be seen. Attachment to the physical world, the struggle to be right and acknowledged for being right, is a tool of the ego. The word ego is an acronym for edging God out. Again, the word ego is an acronym for edging, e, uh, so I'm sorry, easing God out. The ego thrives on our conditioned responses to external stimuli. It, po- it points out to you what is wrong and what is missing. And ego is the means by which you are led to believe that you are separate and disconnected from God. So we have in our communities many men, young and old for that matter, but mainly a lot of the young men, they are attached to the state of ego. And that's why they wear the bling. That's why we have to have the tattoos. That's why we have to dress in a certain way so that we're noticed, whether the pants are hanging low or we have uh, uh, our caps on a certain way, hats worn a certain way certain colors, gang colors, as it were, on and on. We're dealing with ego. And I do say we because of the fact that they're just a reflection of the many of us who are elders who fell short from recognizing or who just were not facilitated with being exposed on a spiritual plane in terms of who we are as spirit souls, as men who are of African descent, as Africans, as men of spirit. So this too, this is this is passing on. This is a phase that is, uh, as we can say, is is evolving. There is a renaissance. There's a revolution going on, a spiritual revolution, and the decision is for us to become spiritual warriors, those who are fighters for spiritual change, so that we can reach our most highest plane. Of consciousness. So again, uh, I'm just excited about uh, reading material such as this, uh, and and as humbly as I can to teach you what little bit I know with regard to what I share with you, such as from books titled "The Spirit of a Man." Please hold on. We'll be back for you very shortly.
on and we will continue. Um, this is a very interesting uh, part of Ayanla's book dealing with the principles of uh, the spirit of a man. Because dealing with ego is something I think is very difficult to deal with uh, when one has to be in, in alignment, uh, recognize the physical, what is tangible, as opposed to what is not tangible. And living here in the Western society, mostly everything that we go through in our wake uh, state of being awake is dealing with the physical matter. We tend to, when we are in the state of prayer, uh, those of us who are Christians in a day like the day of Easter, which is a very spiritual day, with not one of the most uh, spiritual days of the Christian um, celebrations, we we tend to not think in terms of the invisible world being real, when indeed what's invisible is more real than what is visible. And being here in the 21st century, I think we become more cognizant of this fact when we understand that I'm speaking to you via an instrument called a telephone uh, and uh, through the connectivity of a computer. And unless you're a technologist, unless you're a, uh, a scientist, uh, a physicist, an expert in, 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 um, in microbes and, and, and other elements of life, which for the most part are invisible, unless you have mechanisms, mechanisms rather, uh, mechanical machinery that's able to measure these minute, minuscule uh, aspects of particles, you're not able to understand. You just have to take have the faith to believe that what is being told you is indeed truth. We tend to have problems on the computer and, and dealing with our cars and what have you. We have to go to a mechanic. You have to call up a technician, someone who's a high, you know, a, an expert. And we take his or her advice and take a deep breath and hope that they can solve the problem for us. For us. In like matter, and this is me speaking, I'm not reading from the book now, I'm just sharing my thoughts, that we have to consult with the Most High. However you, whatever way you communicate with God, through prayer and being still, through, through meditation, and Ayana uses the expression of being still, and that's something that's very difficult to do. I'm able to be still, believe it or not, it's a paradox that when I run long distances, I'm able to get a sense of stillness within so I clear out all the chatter, all the, 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 the baggage, as it were. I get rid of it. And, of course, I hope that I don't leave room for more chatter to come in. And what that does, that's eliminating the ego as much as possible. It doesn't leave all together. You know, it's a process, ongoing process. But the more you get rid of ego, the more you allow spirit to come within. And that spirit is the essence of God. So going back to Ayanla, she says that Africans are ceremonial people. They're very ritualistic. Ritualistic. Ritual is a prescribed way of doing a particular thing in order to achieve a desired outcome. And she goes on to state that ceremony is the manner in which the ritual is undertaken. And many of the spiritual rituals and ceremonies of African culture have been denounced by Western cultures as blasphemous. 
And according to most African traditions, however, spirituality is not an all-or-nothing proposition. You are free to consciously choose what you will or will not do on your spiritual path to unfoldment. The ceremony presented here is available for your use, and she does present ceremonies. And uh, in a future show, I would go over those uh, uh, the, the ceremonies that Sister Ayanla uh, shares within her book. But she states that your head is your 360-degree universe. The head rules every other part of the body and access to the physical world. And in many ancient cultures, people were taught to cover their heads to protect their sacred knowledge that they received. And in certain cultures, it is considered disrespectful to cover your head during spiritual ceremonies. It is believed that the spirit enters and leaves the body and makes contact with the being through the head. The head is the seat of the crown. And if your crown is covered, it is believed that you cannot receive the energy of spirit. The crowning of the spirit, caring for the head is a sacred part of the body, and it is an aspect of ancient African culture and has been lost by African Americans. So if the head is the individual universe, close attention must be given to what goes on it as well as what goes into it. The head must be strengthened. It must be purified. It must be praised and blessed. No man can receive the blessings of God without the acceptance of his own ori. A simple headdressing ceremony allows you to make conscious contact with your head in order to purify and align your physical, mental, and emotional energy. And this ceremony can be performed daily, weekly, or monthly. Simply put, it is a time to focus your attention on you and acknowledge the divine energy that is within you. Hmm. So, as we find out through Sister Ayala that there's many things that we do not know about us in terms of our African heritage and what's been practiced for thousands and thousands of years that has proved to be uh, beneficial to us as individuals, to our family, and indeed to our community. And as the word Sankofa represents, looking back, those things that need to be uh, brought back to this, from, this, from being buried and brought up to the surface, such as ceremonies and rituals that Sister Ayana has shared and which I've learned in my later years, and now I'm beginning to delve into more deeper and deeper. We have to uh, definitely contemplate what we've been taught up until this point, and through our own evolution, through our own uh, entry, to investigate everything that we hold to be truth in terms of how we perceive God how we perceive our spirit, how we perceive our soul, to come to a level of understanding that indeed there are certain things that were taught to us which were lacking and and being the total truth and being holistic, that they were part and parcel given to us to serve a purpose that was not for our, our own well-being. 
if you will. And this goes back to our ancestors, those who were brought here some 400-plus years ago. And this is knowledge and energy that's been passed on from generation to generation to generation to think that, indeed, uh, the word spirit was used uh, very freely in terms of alcohol. And we find that during ceremonies, we just indiscriminately consume alcohol and other drugs and get in a state of, 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 of lightheadedness and, and, and gaiety and joyfulness and come attached to that as being a state representative of being in a state of high spirit. But no, that is not the case. One has to detox the body rather than make it toxic. And I will continue with those thoughts uh, next week when we continue with uh, um, covering this fantastic book titled The Spirit of the Man by Ayana Fassan. So I end this evening by, again, acknowledging the Most High. I give thanks to all, all of you for tuning in, and I, I send love and blessings to uh, my family, my sister, Donis, who's listening in this evening. I send love to you and healing energy. I give thanks to my, my lovely wife for sharing her energy with me in the studio, and hopefully um, we will be able to, with the same fervor and the same energy, to continue sharing the profound wisdom that's this book titled The Spirit of a Man. Thank you again. All praises to the Most High. Shalom, assalamu alaikum, namaste, peace, love, and abundant blessings to all.